0: This is what you call a paradigm shift. Goodbye and good night. Bye. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Hello and welcome back to the Wrestling Nations Podcast, episode number four, Horseman. I am your host, Braden, alongside my co-host, Dale. We just witnessed an amazing Royal Rumble. Literally, We are recording this right afterwards. So I'm still riding off that high. Oh my God, what what did we just witness? We'll get into that in a second, but first, welcome back. And this week, we get, we're reviewing a lot of things, not just the Royal Rumble, but also Stardom Cork and Hall from October 14th, 2019, that show was, of course, mained by Hanukkah Moore versus B. Prisley for the World of Sardom title, a.k.a. the Red Belt. We'll be running down that. Also, we'll be running down the, the most recent TJPW pay-per-view. Dale will be running that down mostly because I couldn't watch the show for whatever reason. So <laughs> we'll be running down that show. And, uh, yeah, let's get into this. But first, wow, we have to talk about that Royal Rumble. And usually we'd start the the card in order but we have to get into that men's rumble that just happened that literally just as we're recording this went off the show literally about 20 minutes ago so we're still talking 10 minutes ago we're still talking about this
1: yeah holy shit what a royal rumble match like um, obviously there was some high points and low points like like a part of me wishes that the the participants could be, there were some participants that could have been like a bit better, but that finish, holy shit, that was probably one of the best Royal Rumble finishes in such a long time. It was so exciting and like so unpredictable and so fast paced. Everything happened just so quick, like ba 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 And then, Boom 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 boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but, but yeah holy shit edge winning the Royal Rumble.
0: Well, um, hey, whoa well, well, well. We're supposed to run it down first so we talk about the actual finish. Well it's well, fine, it's too <laughs> late.
1: If everyone knows already, Edge won the Royal Rumble.
0: We can't yes, so Edge Edge won. Congratulations, Edge. What a finish. But first let's let's go in order. Adele. Okay, let's
1: okay. Go in
0: order. Okay. Because so the match starts off. With Edge
1: so, and Randy Orton. Yeah. So Edge came in at number one, followed by Randy Orton at number two. Number three was Sami Zayn. Number four was Mustafa Ali. Number five was Jeff Hardy. Number six was Dolph Ziggler. Number seven was Shinsuke Nakamura, who came back in his old gear, which got a pop from me and Brayden, actually. Number eight, the first surprise entrant being Carlito. Carlito Caribbean cool for the old school fans out there. Number nine, Xavier Woods. Number 10, Big E. Number 11, John Morrison. Number 12, Ricochet. Number 13, Elias. Number 14, Damien Priest. Number 15, The Miz. Number 16, Matt Riddle. Number 17, Daniel Bryan. Number 18, Kane. The second surprise it's gotta engine, pain. it's got to be paid Number 19, King Corbin. Number 20, Otis. 21 was Dominic Mysterio. 22, Bobby Lashley. 23, The <laughs> Hurricane. The third surprise engine to the Royal Rumble. 24, Christian. Probably the biggest surprise engine to the Royal Rumble. Christian! Yeah, Christian, at
0: last. You're, you're on, you're on. Done, done. <laughs> 25
1: was AJ Styles 26 was Rey Mysterio 27 was Sheamus 28 was Cesaro 29 was Seth freaking Rollins Who made his return to the WWE (laughs) And number 30 was Braun Strowman If you don't know what
0: I was trying to do there It was the Seth Rollins laugh I felt miserable But yes, that's what I was trying to do yeah, so the
1: final four in that match was Strowman.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Before you go, let's start from the. I know we're. I know we're starting from the main event here, but let's let's
1: start from number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so as you know, like Agent Orton just start off mostly fighting outside, like mostly fighting outside the ring, and then Sami Zayn comes in, then eventually Mustafa Ali, as you know, Jeff Hardy as well ziggler nakamura like uh, like i can see me and Brandon got a puff on that because nakamura was like showing off like his king
0: of strong style persona again which was really really he he didn't have a he didn't have a shirt on which just was the icing on the cake
1: yeah i mean it's like something subtle but it's like you forget like nakamura's wearing like this vest top type thing for
0: like the past few years when he wears the vest you know he doesn't care it's like yeah.
1: staying in a t-shirt. <laughs> and then when he when he just came to the ring with like no shirt, just like, oh my gosh, he's definitely going into his um,
0: King of Sharks nah, style the, persona. No, nah, if he had the tight pants, it would have been a wrap for everybody in that match.
1: Oh, uh, because because he wore tight pants back in New Japan, right? Yes. Carlito was Carlito looked jacked in the jacked oh, in this yeah. match. He,
0: looks so freaking he came into the backstab with everybody. Unfortunately, he did not have Jesus with him. That was the real crime, shame here.
1: Oh my gosh! If you know Jesus, then you've been watching WWE for you mean. A long
0: you, mean time. you mean you mean that time? You that time Jesus stabbed Johnny? Oh my word! Oh my word! <laughs> stabbed and him the, in the nightclub, didn't it? Oh yeah, that,
1: yeah, yeah. That whole angle when. They were feuding for the US title. Yeah, I remember. And then that.
0: Cena just came back a week later. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, the shades
1: of Super Cena before he became Super Cena.
0: <laughs> but That's yeah, a Toy
1: Show reference of all things. Yeah, and then the um, the New Day came out. Uh, John Morrison, Ricochet, Elias, Damien Priest really impressed me in this match. He looked really, really good. I think he got like three or four eliminations, the biggest one being uh, he eliminated Kane. Yeah, Kane was like the biggest elimination for him in um, that match.
0: And one thing on Damian Priest quickly, you know, I've seen some of this stuff in NXT. Of course, I don't watch it regularly, but uh, to me, it seems that Damian Priest is very much far removed from Punishment Martinez. His gimmick in Ring of Honor. You can still see elements of Punishment Martinez but, like, this version of him, instead of it just being, ooh, spooky dude, it's, like, he's got personality, he's, like, cocky and arrogant. It's like a mix of punishment Martinez, and you know, just like a regular arrogant heel. It's, it's a very cool mix.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Like, he's definitely improved so much since joining WWE. Like, his moveset and, like, his persona, it's a lot more refined and a lot more, like, grounded in... It, he knows exactly what he's doing because like everything now has some sort of meaning. He's not just throwing moves for the sake of throwing moves. He now knows what his moveset is and he's a lot more comfortable with himself in the ring. So he definitely impressed me a lot in this match. Match riddle, I did not expect him to last so long in this Royal Rumble. I mean, compared to last year where he just came in, stayed for five minutes and then Corbin eliminated him. He he just he stayed a lot longer and like him and Daniel Bryan were like doing like this whole mini feud throughout the whole Royal Rumble where they were like exchanging strikes and stuff like that the whole time um, Daniel Bryan as far as we heard was actually one of the favorites to win this match so when he got eliminated it was like oh no so
0: now it's going to be even more unpredictable as to who's going to win this match when Nakamura got eliminated that's that was my kicked to win by the way and uh, yeah I was just deflated I said to Dale before the match that uh, if Shinsuke won I would watch every episode of Smackdown from here to Wrestlemania because it seems Smackdown is doing some good stuff I watched the gauntlet with Nakamura when, he really, when they turned him face, basically. And it was really good. Of course, you're doing some great stuff with Roman right now. We'll get into that later. But yeah, I think I still will watch every episode of SmackDown.
1: Yeah, I think you should. Because, I mean, SmackDown is a lot better than the role, without a doubt. Smackdown and it's only two on, hours. Yeah, SmackDown's been putting on a lot of great stuff recently. So yeah. And it
0: feels different from Raw. Oh yeah hey, yeah yeah it's doing sports based I than NXT is at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember like when they were gonna join Fox, Fox wanted SmackDown to be more sports based rather than sports entertainment based, like how Raw is. We can see how that's been treating Raw recently, but this fresh feel Ooh. for Smack it, it it takes it takes me back to like the days with like of early SmackDown, you know, like with the SmackDown four and and all smackdown the, six you mean the smackdown six yes the smackdown six and, and and those types of matches like smackdown back then even back then was like the sports orientated athletic like show and now the now they're doing it again now um, in the uh, in 2021 it, it feels really refreshing and exciting. To watch without a doubt, uh, Lashley. Lashley and Big E also had a really good exchange with one another. Like Lashley and Big E would actually be a really good match. And, uh, in the words of Big E, two meaty men slapping meat, meaty men slapping <laughs> Literally, that's 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 what happened there. But yeah, I would love to see Lashley versus Big E in the future. Hurricane (laughs) tried to recreate the 2001 Royal Rumble spot by trying to chokeslam both Bobby Lashley and Big E. (laughs) Big E and, and Lashley look at each other the same way like Austin and Triple H looked at each other when Hurricane tried to chokeslam him. And they just like, pick him both pick him up and just toss him out of the ring. So I thought that was quite funny. Styles, uh he had like almost like just helping him throughout the match, which I, which I felt kind of detracted from Styles' performance because uh I wasn't a big fan of of Styles having almost back um a ringside like helping him because technically almost was the one who like eliminated big E and like some other uh, superstars as well so that was a bit of a downer for me like i don't think this was Styles' best performance
0: in the royal rumble um, i thought this was really good on the other hand i think it's some great heel stuff yeah
1: yeah yeah, some great heel stuff but in terms of like what we expect from styles and stuff it, it's kind of a letdown to be honest like, i mean like it it's it's, it's good for like when it's done properly, but when it's in the Royal Rumble or something like that, it's it's, it's it's just kind of deflating and it's like, oh, really? Like, like that's that's how I felt. But if you enjoyed it, then that's perfectly fine too. Then when Rollins came in, that was, a, that was quite the surprise because we haven't seen Rollins since uh, Survivor Series. So... Didn't expect him to come back so soon i mean like him and becky lynch just recently had a child together so i thought that maybe he would have a bit more time off to spend with his newborn child but uh, i guess not and then like rollins like stayed outside the ring for most of the match and then like played his spot so like he came back in when daniel brown like took out most of the other superstars in the match and then uh things escalate and then we get to the final four which is Rollins, Strowman, Edge and Christian like who would have thought that Edge and Christian in the final four of the Royal Rumble uh, Rollins and Strowman try to tag team against Edge and Christian but mm-hmm. that just falls flat very quickly then Edge tries to eliminate Strowman Then eventually Christian comes in to try and help Then Rollins comes in And eliminates both Strowman and Christian And it's just him and and Edge And then Edge tries to eliminate Rollins He eliminates Rollins Edge thinks he's won. And then out of nowhere comes Randy Orton, who actually wasn't eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Because during that scuffle, when they were fighting outside the ring, Edge started hitting Orton with a series of chair shots on his leg. And Orton was taken out of the match for a long time. So at that point, myself and Braden both thought, okay, Orton's probably going to come back into the Royal Rumble At some stage But because of how Everything happened You kind of forgot In the back of your mind Like All right Orton was supposed to Be in this match So then Orton comes in Tries to steal one Hits the RKO Tries to eliminate Edge But Edge reverses And tosses Orton over the top rope Instead And Edge is your 2021 Men's World Rumble winner
0: Oh my gosh Oh my gosh Like And then He posed the sign And the sign you had a big kaboom! It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ready? WrestleMania pointed every hey, work.
1: Oh my god!
0: He didn't point. He yeah, he yeah. Didn't. He
1: just he just did the the uh, the devil horns to true. the side. Yeah. Oh it, my! It
0: it's almost blasphemy, honestly. <laughs> Not point.
1: <laughs> but yeah. So, in, what were your final any final thoughts about that Royal Rumble match, Braden?
0: Before uh, one of my favorite. One of my favorite rumbles ever, uh, just to finish it You know, Edge, of course, is one of the only three men to ever win the match from number one. The first being Shawn Michaels, the second being some dude they won't mention for some reason, and the third being Edge. So, um, by the way, I know it's been a but <laughs> I was joking with that. Uh, and, you know, Edge winning the Rumble was really cool. I, I didn't expect it to happen. I expected Brian Nakamura to win. Or we were way off. I also thought Rollins was gonna win because this morning his the betting odds spiked up into his favor um and out of nowhere and they said he was gonna win by a wide margin. And so in other words, everybody lost a lot of money.
1: Yeah, that's basically what happened. A lot of people I think I think also a lot of people thought the the one of those three were gonna win. I don't I don't think many people would have thought Edge was gonna win the Royal Rumble, but he did. It was a pleasant surprise. And yeah, so far, it's set up to be Edge versus McIntyre. But who knows what will happen between them if they might change the match to possibly Edge versus Orton again at WrestleMania, or if they're actually going to stick with Edge or McIntyre. But yeah. We'll see what happens in the next in the next few months leading up to WrestleMania. But anyway, enough about the men's Royal Rumble. Let's get into the actual card of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And so the pay-per-view starts off with the WWE Championship match between Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. Uh, just to run down what basically happened in the match. So. A headbutt and a spear by McIntyre to Goldberg. Goldberg throws McIntyre to the stairs and then spears McIntyre through the barricade, which is actually kind of brutal. Quick Claymore kick by McIntyre, but Goldberg kicks out. Uh, Another Claymore, but uh, he misses and Goldberg spears him instead. Goldberg hits him with another spear, but McIntyre kicks out. Goldberg then goes for the jackhammer, but McIntyre still kicks out. So Goldberg looks weary. He doesn't know what he has to do to uh, take McIntyre out. He sets up for another spear. But instead, he hits the turnbuckle. Uh, McIntyre hits the Claymore kick to win and retain the championship. So my my feelings of this match was it was a really great opening match, fast and furious, and and everything. Uh, McIntyre looked really strong in his performance, and also um, I like the fact that at the end Goldberg showed him respect, saying like you passed the test, son. Like so, it was kind of like a mini. Uh, passing of the torch uh, match right here. So, great way to start off the Royal Rumble, I
0: think. Yeah, this you made this match seem like it was a lot more than it was the way you explained it, but there was literally nothing in this match. It was 30 seconds and then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> wait,
1: wait, didn't you tell me um, someone... You saw someone, like, describe the match better than how I explained it?
0: Yes. Uh, one, uh, someone I know on Twitter named Tylee, she said that she explained the match move. She said in the tweet, she said, um, that she, at the, she says, I'm tweeting this before the match is over. I'm going to tweet every move in order, and then I'll post this when the, when the match is over. The exact order was Spear, Spear, I mean, sorry, Claymore, Spear, Spear, Jackhammer, Spear, spear spear claymore spear jackhammer claymore one two three
1: literally that was literally the match (laughs) yeah that was it yeah i mean it's like it's like it's it's kind of like the same setup that you've seen with like almost every single goldberg match where he just hits like all the big spots early and, and whatnot but um yeah this this really made uh mcintyre look really strong in the fact that he kicked out of literally all of Goldberg's finishes, and so a desperate Goldberg tried to do what he tried does best, but it failed. And McIntyre came out the the better man in this match.
0: And as usual, Goldberg lost to his bitter enemy, the locker room door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there was there was also a botched jackhammer in this match because it wouldn't be a 2020, 2021 Goldberg match without it. Uh I actually didn't catch that when I was watching it, but I, I I noticed that you and many other people said there was a botched jackhammer in that match. Well when he picked him up, he almost dropped him before he could put him down. Oh so a- Oh! Taker spot. the blend <laughs> bastard. Oh, just uh, to uh, pull out on Tigger. Oh, I see, I see, I see.
1: <laughs> dangerous, uh, dangerous. <laughs> Next match we have on the card was Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So uh, Sasha tries to go for the bank statement immediately. Carmella escapes outside of the ring. Sasha goes to the top rope but then Reginald distracts her which allows Carmella to knock her outside the ring Then there's also the one spot where like Sasha was like on the announcers table, well just leaning against the announcers table and then Carmella used Reginald as like a springboard to do like a jumping um, clothesline attack on her a series of elbows from Carmella to Banks from the turnbuckle um there was also a moment where Carmella was choking uh, Sasha's neck and saying, like, oh, I'm better than you and and all that stuff. There was also Meteora by Banks at one stage as well. Um,
0: My favorite Sasha- LinkedIn album. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every time.
1: Sasha goes for the three amigos, but um, Carmella blocks the third one. So instead, uh, Sasha hits a knee to her instead. Uh, Carmella throws Sasha into Reginald, and Reginald catches Sasha, so the referee sees it and, like, sends Reginald out. Um, Sasha goes for frog splash, but Carmella gets a knees up. Carmella goes for the code of silence submission, but uh, Sasha manages to escape, goes to the top rope, but Carmella kicks uh, in. uh, Sasha goes to the top rope. Carmella kicks in the stomach. Uh, Sasha hits the bank statement and um, Carmella taps and she retains the title. Um, Overall, I thought this was a really great match. Uh, Great chemistry between um, Sasha and and Carmella. And despite losing, Carmella looked really strong in this match. Braden, what
0: were your thoughts? You know, I thought this match was really good. Uh, I was very impressed with Carmella. She's done a great job since coming back, and uh, it's pretty clear that they're very high on her. Sasha is always in her Louis Vuitton gear. She was just lighting it up tonight. She was really going crazy. It was very cool to see. Uh, Very good match. One of the best matches on the card, in my opinion, honestly. Uh, Good match. Also, I I just confused everybody. (laughs) Sorry. I just confused everybody because my accent probably just went from Super noticeable to not very noticeable. when I actually try to talk, you can't hear it. Like now, <laughs> I go from redneck hillbilly jam to to just a normal person. It's really weird. I have split personality disorder, I guess, or I'm the feed. Yowie wowie. Yowie <laughs> wowie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree that uh, management it looks very high. Looks, looks like the very high commander at the moment, especially with like her new gimmick and and all that stuff. And yeah, I can definitely see Commander has improved as a wrestler as as well. And Sasha also just made her look mm-hmm. great as well in the process. So yeah, definitely one of the one of the top matches of the night. Then following that match, we have a performance by Bad Bunny performing his new song Booker Tee." And so, <laughs> interesting thing was you had Booker T in the GI bro like outfit, just standing there, like serious face, uh, uh, arms crossed, and everything. And then you see Bad Tell Bunny me performs, You did
0: so. not say that.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, so Bad Bunny performs Booker T, and then like Booker T does like the thing at the end, which is actually in the
0: actual song. He so says, "Can you dig it, dig it, sucker?" Yeah, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) it's uh, to think that we
1: still have like live performances like during COVID era. It's 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 a nice change of pace having like a live performance again because it's been a while since we've seen like actual artists perform like at a wrestling event. The performance itself was a bit questionable i I didn't think it was the best live performance there but hey it was at least a nice like break between the smackdown women's championship and then the next match following that i don't know what your thoughts were about the
0: performance greater i thought it was really good uh whatever well no i'm lying i didn't think it was really good i I don't really like that style of music. It's just not me. Uh, But if you enjoy it, cool. I just think uh, I don't know what he's saying exactly. I mean, I guess it's cool that wrestling is mentioned in a huge pop culture way, I guess. Uh, That's cool. But I don't really like the guy's music. What can I say?
1: Oh, for me, I like the song, like the song itself. Like, I actually like, but I just thought that the performance was just a bit weak here. Like, it could have been better, to be honest. Maybe it could have been elevated with a live car, but
0: listen, if- unless your name is Fred Durst or Pitbull at WrestleMania 33, you cannot pull off a live performance at a wrestling show. If you ain't singing, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, oh. Oh cuz I'm ready to go or oh, give me something to break you you're not cool and you need to get off the stage.
1: Oh yeah wasn't wasn't there a time when um the biscuit was WWE favorite, favorite band, in the, band in the
0: world yes.
1: Yeah <laughs> that was that was very funny. <laughs> that was very funny.
0: With Limp, a- Limp biscuit rules, I don't care what anybody says. I just went from saying I hate Bad Bunny to Limp Biscuit rules. I'm a stupid child. So following
1: on from Bad Bunny's performance, we have the Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> So I'll run down the order of participants. Number one was Bailey. Number two, making her return, Naomi. Number three, Bianca Belair. Number four, Billy Kay. Number five, Shotzi Blackheart. Number six, Shayna Baszler. Number seven, Tony Storm. Number eight, the first surprise entrant, Gillian Hall. Who, if you know Gillian Hall, then you're a real one. She was around like in 2005, 2006. She was like this wannabe
0: uh, Britney Spears uh, she character. She was the girl that got her mole eaten off by Boogeyman. She had this oh, really weird mole in her oh face. Oh, my gosh. Boogeyman I... shoot it off of her face, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was actually quite disgusting. <laughs> I remember. I can still it was imagine.
0: really bad cosmetic makeup.
1: Like, oh, yeah, but just because I, I can still imagine that. Oh, man, why do you put that <laughs> image in my
0: head now? Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Damien Sandow. They say you're welcome to me all the time. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> Number nine was Ruby Wright. Number 10, the second surprise engine, Victoria, also known as Tara in TNA. Um, number 11 was Peyton Royce. Number 12, Santana Garrett. Number 13, Liv Morgan. Number 14, Rhea Ripley. Number 15, Charlotte Flair. Number 16, Dana Brooke. Number seven, the third surprise engine, Tori Wilson. Number 18, we we all thought it was Ric Flair because we heard Ric Flair's music and we're like, and me and Dale both said, What the fuck? Like, what? Like, like, it's like, What? Ric Flair? What the hell is Ric Flair doing the movie? And I was like, No, me? <laughs> top 10 anime betrayals. Top 10, yeah. And indeed, top 10 <laughs> anime betrayals. It wasn't Ric Flair. It was actually Macy Evan. Uh, number 19 was Mickey. In James. a Ric
0: Flair robe.
1: Yeah. I Ric Flair, Chip Go. Woo.
0: woo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> number 19 was Mickey James. Number 20 was Mickey Cross. Number 21, another surprise agent, Alicia Fox. Yeah, Alicia Fox was a surprise agent. It, it sounds weird to say that, but yeah, she was the surprise agent. Number 22 was Mandy Rose. 23 was Dakota Kai. 24, Carmella. 25, Tamina. 26, Lana, making her return. 27, Alexa Bliss. 28, Ember Moon. 29, Nia Jax. And number 30 was Natalia. So, Brayden, what are your thoughts and opinions on the Women's
0: Royal Rumble? First of all, let's just get this out of the way first. Congratulations to Bianca Belair. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, man. At pro, that post-match promo was just beautiful. You could tell she has worked so hard. And, uh, you know, Montez Ford always tweets, God is good. But when he tweeted this one, it was he said, God is good. And a picture of him watching Bianca win the title in gorilla which is it it's beautiful and she really deserves it and like she said in her post match she is going to put the est in wrestlemania
1: which actually worked well because after the she said that they cut to the wrestlemania side and i could see est in wrestlemania it's like oh my gosh that works brilliantly <laughs> like you just caught that yeah it yeah, no, because like I wasn't thinking at the time, and then when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, wow, that actually works brilliantly." The EST in WrestleMania—that
0: that works perfectly—and there was actually Wait, like I'm breaking news: Dave Most reports Dale has forgotten the English alphabet. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah that was just that was just uh i just had a brain fart at that time thinking like uh,
0: wrestlemania e- est wrestle like come E-S- on man yeah i'm sorry
1: i'm sorry anyway but there was also, <laughs> it's okay anyway there was also like another video that they posted on social media where you saw like montez ford hugging Bianca Belair afterwards in Gorilla, and both of them were like so emotional afterwards. It was it was so heartwarming to see. Like yeah, I I, I was so happy that Bianca won the Royal Rumble indeed, and her versus Sasha Banks. If that is the plan that they're gonna go for at WrestleMania, that is gonna be an amazing match for sure. Like really, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks that. That sounds fantastic already on paper.
0: Yeah, it's that'll be really interesting to see those two at the house now.
1: Yeah, actually, the other interesting thing that some people are like disputing, and I think I remember you said the same thing too. So it was it was down to the final three, where it was um, Bianca, Via, and Charlotte, and so then Bianca and eliminated Charlotte and then both of them were like hanging from the ropes and you thought that maybe Bianca's both feet of Bianca touched the, the floor and I saw some people trying to dispute it too. But um, some people have proven that no, that's not the case. Like they've slowed it down and closely analyzed it, and even though, like from far away,
0: no, it no, may have they have looked they, like it. I've it. seen that. No, I've seen that they actually have slowed it down, and uh, no, both feet did touch the floor. Both feet grazed the floor. Yeah. Well, the other argument as well
1: was that she, uh, she actually didn't go over at that time. She was actually under when she went outside the ring. So it so it still wouldn't have counted. But it just looked like it grazed. Like it's 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 hard to tell whether it was a botch or not, but either way, like Bianco just winning the Royal Rumble itself was 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 great and probably like the best choice for a Royal Rumble winner in that match. So I don't
0: know. I got information for Big Show on that uh, both feet hit the floor thing. You know, he's got some PTSD with that stuff. He just, he doesn't, you know, so he likes to fight justice. And he thought Bianca's feet hit the floor. I don't know what to tell you. I think Wait. he's still Matt Rock thing. Oh, you're talking about the 2000 Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh my gosh. Product. <laughs> watch the 20 year old oh
1: my word Um, and then the semi main event was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in the last man standing match for the Universal Championship. Oh, this this is gonna be a lot to get through because, Braden, you can agree with me on this. What a fucking match that was. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm gonna try my best to run down this match as best as I possibly could because there were a lot of spots and interesting things in this match. So, start out with the guy, with, with both men like just throwing punches with each other. They try to throw each other's finishes early. Roman with the Superman punch, Owens with the pop-up powerbomb. They eventually go outside the ring with uh, Reigns throwing Owens to the steps and a spear. Reigns grabs the steps and hits Owens. Uh, Ro- they start fighting to the backstage area. Roman tries to hit Owens again with the steel steps, but... Um, Owen hits him with the super kick. They start fighting uh, amongst like the virtual WWE universe. Then they start climbing up the scaffolding and fighting there. There was even a point where it almost where I think Owen's hit Range with the super kick or something like that and almost looked like Range was going to fall into like the tables below, but that didn't happen. So they just kept on climbing and climbing and climbing. Then eventually... What happened was that uh, Reigns, Reigns, I think, hit Owens with a Superman punch, and they just tossed him off the scaffolding into the tables below. And that was scary, because if they missed that, Owens would have landed hard on the concrete, and then... That would have been it Um, So we thought That was the end of the match But then Owens gets up At the count of nine We weren't just, even close We weren't even close And it, it just gets wild for me, you know, Believe me Ladies and gentlemen So Owens starts like Crawling to like The backstage area To like the backstage Backstage area Where they have like A practice ring And randomly A practice announce table too So like Owens is like Trying and to catch it. his
0: friend And then out of nowhere Roman Reigns comes with a freaking golf pot, and, like, and Owens <laughs> dies, and Jim oh. Cornette almost ejaculated. This man because he thought he was dead. Jim oh. Lord was, oh my gosh, was, I, I got we got such a fright when we saw him. Like, oh my gosh, what
1: the fuck was I th- that? I, I, I think we both said, oh shit, I, oh god. Yeah, and then obviously that prompted many people to call to draw comparisons to uh the stadium stampede and also like uh from no, a- it wasn't, not it was not stadium stampede yeah just dynamite when like Matt Hardy and
0: um, Omega versus um, uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho in a backstage brawl
1: oh yeah 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 and then like the infamous uh, golf cart chase uh, sequence so or the stopped, street fight sorry yeah. yeah. So they tried to draw comparisons to that, but that was just out of nowhere. <laughs> like <bonk>. like <laughs> whoa, like holy shit. And then they played the replay. Like, I did it. I did it for the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone actually made that joke on Twitter. It's like <laughs> someone actually made that joke on Twitter saying, like, uh, it seems like the other the family is not um, It doesn't fall from the tree That the Anuari family Would always uh, Run someone over For the sake of a family
0: member I did it I did it for Jey Uso I did it for Jey Uso I did it I did it I did it Because I'm it. the tribal chief Respect me I did it for Alpha and Sika
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did it
0: I did it chief. For Rikishi. Oh my
1: gosh, Rikishi. I did it. Well, Junior, by two. I, did, I it. did it for The Rock. I did it for The Rock and his Hollywood career. Anyway, anyway. So so Owens, so, so Owens gets hit. I did hits. it for Julian. So Owens gets hit with the golf cart, <laughs> which was already like, whoa, what the heck? So what's going to happen next? So then Owens manages to come back from that. He hits Reigns with a ladder, which sets Reigns up on like the practice announce tape. Owens gets on a forklift, lifts up, Lifts up the forklift He gets on top of it And hits a freaking swanton bomb Through the table Like holy shit And, and even like the camera angle That the way they caught it It was so amazing Oh, that, that that also gave me like a big pop Because holy shit And Brandon you told me this Like taking a, a swanton Hurts like hell like yeah or the person um, receiving it
0: edge told this story on uh th- think the enc podcast when it was still a thing the swanton bomb is one of the worst moves to take because it's just you can't do anything about it to protect yourself and so when he and jeff would be on tour you know night after night at night taking that move uh he said because when if you don't know the science behind it when you do a swanton the guy you know the guy catches you but like There is no like all of their body weight just lands on you and it just goes and there's no way to control it. So it's just their full body weight. And so Jeff Hardy is on, say, a buck 80, buck 90, maybe 200 pounds, somewhere in there. He's not that big of a guy. I mean, he's, he's decent. Owens is about 250. Not only is he about 250, he's 250 falling from 16 feet, 250, 270, maybe 280, somewhere around there. Falling from 16 feet onto Roman Reigns through a table. Now, a gimmick table. Now, if it would have been a Japanese table, we'd be talking about this for a different reason because that man would have been dead. I, I think so too. But because this is a gimmick table, it's it's a
1: whole different story. But still, the fact that Roman got out of that at the count of nine was already like, holy shit, this is crazy. Eighteen. And so then, what happens next is that they work their way back to the ring. They fight through Gorilla and then um, Owens is still in control at this moment, but then Roman gets a Superman punch out of nowhere. And then he spears Owens through the stage screens, through the lights of the stage. And again, thought that Owens was going to be done and out, but lucky for Owens, he could read his surroundings. So just as he got to the nine count, he just rolled over and he landed back on his feet because he landed at the bottom of the stage then Roman comes out with a pair of handcuffs and tries to handcuff Owens but instead um, Owens hits a stunner grabs the handcuffs for himself and handcuffs uh, Reigns to like the lighting pole. and at that moment we all thought that Owens was going to win this match because there was no way Reigns was going to like stand on his feet just before The referee got to the count of uh, 10. Roman grabs the referee and slams him through one of the lights. So ending the count, then Paul Heyman comes out, tries to uncuff Roman, and then another referee has to come in to uh, to officiate the match. Um, Roman eventually gets out. He locks in the guillotine choke. Owens is out, and Roman retains the title. Uh, For me, this was match of the night,
0: like, indeed. well i thought not for me match of the night was the main event that the 30-man rumble oh oh yeah 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 yeah
1: that was also one of my main events but in terms of like a one-on-one contest i think this was my match of the night um i thought that the the way the match ended was a bit weak though just kind of anticlimactic that roman choked owens out instead of like doing, like, some sort of, like, big spot to end the match. But overall, this was a very physical, violent match. And, yeah, Owens and Roman have always put on great matches between one another. But not only that, Roman, like, almost every single match Roman has done so far since he turned heel has just been nothing but gold. Like, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, Roman, you know, he's the head of the table. Ooh, wah. I no big dog here. It's tribal chief. Awesome, I did it. I did it for Jim Cornette. And next, as decided by you, the people, yes, you, the people, we are reviewing Stardom. October 14th, 2019, and Hall. This show was main evented by Honey Kimura versus Beat Priestley for the Red Belt. Unfortunately, Hani's only ever shot at the Red Belt, uh, and this match was very good. This, this show was a tag league show. And so this is in the middle of Stardom's Goddesses of Tag League tournament. So it's kind of a nothing show. This is a one match show. Um, but this is the reason the match is happening is because Hanukomura won the five star Grand Prix, which if you don't know what that is, is basically Stardom's equivalent to the G one. It's it's a, a round robin tournament, usually happening in August in September or September to October. And it's it's very good. And uh beat her TCS uh, teammate, Konami in the finals to secure the five-star and then go on to challenge B Priestley, who at the time was the world of stardom champion. Uh, To give context, Hana throughout the entire five-star before every match, Stardom does these pre-match promos as opposed to poach match. And she would sing, twinkle, twinkle, little star, this will be my five-star. And she would just, you know, she'd go on and talk about how she was going to win and, she was going to challenge B Priestley and B Priestley to brush her off like you're nothing. Uh, at this time, also, B Priestley was just starting to make her way into AEW. She uh, wrestled in that influence match where she gave Britt Baker a concussion. And that was the only time the World of Stardom Championship was ever in AEW. And it was when she gave Britt Baker a concussion. Uh, but going back to that, to the match we're studying now we'll get into that in the main event but it's just overall a great match and it's a sad tell of what could have been really and uh, and it hurts me to say that in more ways than you could probably even hear in my voice but she's uh, someone that meant a lot to us and frankly the whole reason this podcast even exists is because of her so we're going to do our best to talk about this match and even if she's brought up again which I assume we will talk about her a lot more as this podcast goes on and In our future episodes, uh, it's always going to be hard to talk about. We will do our best to, you know, shine a light on the wonderful person. That was Hane Kimura. So the first match
1: on the card was Tam Nakano versus Saya Kamitani. So at this time, uh, Saya was a rookie uh, of stardom. She had just joined the promotion at this time. So the Saya that you see in this match compared to the Saya that you see now are two completely different people. So how the match starts off is that Tam and Saya start off in like a sort of like a Test of strength, followed by just like objects um, by both by both women. Saya and Tam run the ropes to try and knock each other down. But Tam eventually prevails and knocks down Saya. There's an abdominal stretch by Tam. Saya tries to come back and strike Tam a few times. But Tam just keeps knocking Saya over. Saya hits a dropkick followed by a submission hold. She tries to transition into the Boston Crab, but Tam reverses it into a one leg Boston Crab. Um, Tam tries to knee Saya in the back a few times, but Saya reverses it into a dropkick of her own, followed by a suplex and then. Sia eventually gets her own one leg Boston Crab in uh, Tam escapes and Sia gives a series of drop kicks afterwards multiple pin attempts by Sia to end the match early but Tam kicks out all uh, out of all of it which leads Sia to give Tam a series of punches to the head multiple roll up pins again by Sia the last one going into like a bridge similar to the one that like Zack Sabre Jr. does two spinning round out kicks by Tam and she wins the match uh, um, I thought this was a great opening match. Like I said at the beginning, Sire as a rookie versus Sire now are two completely different people. But at the same time, you could see the potential was there, that there was greatness inside of her. And so um, I thought that this was a good showing by Sire against like the veteran Tam. And yeah. Oh, before we continue, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember the one enthusiastic fan at the show? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy who's going like, Tamu, Saya, Ana, yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. he was like almost every It's
0: like, it's like the Tana girl at the New Japan shows, but like, it's it's a guy, it's a 40 year old guy.
1: Yeah, it, I just thought it was interesting because like he's like sitting right in the front row and he's like on the hard cap. So it's easy to see who it is. And so it is just like <laughs> it is just so interesting. Like you could hear his voice like just screaming and shouting like throughout the night. It is it's just something interesting that I noticed while, while watching the show. The next match is a gauntlet match. Putting Jamie Hater and Andres Miyagi versus Hazuki and Natsuko Tora versus Starlight Kid and Sai Iida versus Hina and Leo Onozaki versus Konami and Death Yama This is Konami AKA, before she joined Oedotai,
0: just by the way. Aka a clusterfuck of a match apparently, because uh you could tell this is pre COVID. Uh, yeah, it's it's a normal stardom tag match. Yeah. So Oh does it oh, no. I apologize. I was really trying to think of what to say here and I forgot what my point was, but now I do. Andras Miyagi, someone who is no longer in stardom, had a very bizarre exit. Uh, She was a member of Oedotai, she was kind of like this rock girl, punk rock emo girl. She was really cool. And she unfortunately, I guess, was released or fired or a contract came up, something or another. She is now an at-rest Girls, I believe. So if you want to see her, go follow actress Girls.
1: You know, I've actually seen how Undress uh, Miyagi looks now. She looks completely different to how she looks really? at stardom. Really? She's, she's completely different to how she looks now at stardom. It's crazy. It is so crazy how different she looks now. So how the match starts off is... Oh, sorry, I should explain the rules first. So how this match works is that there's Lucha Libre rules. So there's, you don't need to tag in your partner. And elimination occurs via pinfall, submission, or over-the-top rope. So the two teams that start up the match is Hina and Leo, and Konami and Detyama. Uh, Neo nearly throws yama san over the top and even hits a dropkick to try and eliminate yama san but to no avail. Ina rolls up Death Yama for a pin, but Konami comes and breaks it up. Death Yama hits a backdrop on Hina, and her and Leo are eliminated from the match. Next, Starlight Kid and Sai Iida come out. Kid and Iida start off hot with a series of double-team moves. Konami hits a double drop kick onto both Iida and Kid. Konami locks in Kid's... There's this one cool spot that Konami does where she has uh, Kid's legs locked in her one leg. Then Iida tries to come And save Kid But instead gets caught By Konami So Konami hits a suplex While still holding A submission hold on Kid I thought that was actually A, a pretty cool Um spot there. And then Death Yama-san comes in with the with the poses while Konami's just <laughs> holding them in submission. I was like, damn, damn. I thought that was actually quite funny. Kid hits a crossbody onto Death Yama followed by a drop kick by Iida. Death Yama hits a backdrop onto Kid, tries to pin her but Kid um, kicks out. Death Yama goes to the top rope but Kid drop kicks her and then uh, Death Yama um, goes over the top rope, which means that Konami and Devyama are eliminated from the match. Then the next team that comes out is Jamie Hater and Anjus Miyagi. Hater and Anjus immediately go in and attack um, Kid and Iida. There's this funny spot where Hayter's just making fun of Kid saying, which gets a prompt from the crowd. They just start laughing. Unjust and Hater try to toss Kid over the top rope, but then um, so Iida comes and blocks it and prevents it from, from happening. Um, Kid goes for a crossbody, but Anja um, catches her. But then Kid reverses out of that and goes for a roll-up pin. There are multiple roll-up pin attempts by Iida. Double suplex by Hayter and Anja followed by a neck breaker by Hater to eliminate Kid and Iida from the match. And then the final team to enter is Hazuki and Natsuko Tora. So you've got an Oedotai versus Oedotai. Match, and even though all four, all four of, four, all four of the wrestlers are from the same faction, it doesn't mean they're gonna not try to heal each other, which basically happened in this match. So then, Natsuko and Hazuki both go after Hater. There's some uh, foot stomps from the rope by Hater to by Hazuki. Hazuki does like the where she like kicks the her opponent's face like by the rope then there's a double knee face busted by azuki followed by a suplex by natsuko azuki tries to go for a top rope move but unjust breaks the attempt there's a double clothesline by hater unjust goes to the top rope but azuki gives her a running big boot that nearly sends Andrus over the top rope unjust tries to get back into the ring but azuki just keeps blocking her from getting back in the ring then there's a spot where natsuko is outside the ring and she's holding Anju's um, leg from outside. So this allows Hazuki to give her a drop kick, which eliminates her. And the winners of the match is Natsuko and Hazuki. I thought it was entertaining. Um, a bit of high and lo- highs and lows. Um, it it got a bit convoluted at times, but my favorite mini match in that Golden match was probably Kid and Iida versus Konami and Death Yama. That was my favorite uh, spot in the match.
0: Yeah, this was a really good match. Um, Darm really knows how to knock these things out of the park. Uh, One note on the Andras Miyagi thing. She is now uh, Michiko Miyagi. She is an actress, girls, and yes, she looks completely different. My God. Yeah, I I told you. I told you she looks completely different. Yes, her name is Michiko Miyagi now, so... Just as a note, you spell that M-I-C-H-I-K-O, by the way, Miyagi. Miyagi is spelled like Mr. Miyagi, M I Y Y A G I. if you want to Google her. Now we get on to the first of the Tag League matches,
1: and this is in the Blue Goddess block, and it is pitting Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas representing TCS versus probably my favorite tag team of stardom, Natsu Sumire at Session both Martina and Brandon I know how much you love Natsu Sumire
0: fuck you <laughs> I do I hate Natsu yeah. pervert
1: in, in, very in, pervert in kayfabe you hate her but that's yes, a bit in I-R-L. I R L. You love love love. Much. That's a yeah.
0: <laughs> Nay, hey, whoa, whoa, We ain't gonna go that far, but no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, she's a great character. I don't have go away heat with her, I feel heat with her, which is a good kind of heat. Yeah. She does um yeah. And Sassy Mark Martinez is just great in general.
1: They've got such good chemistry. I freaking love them. I love them especially in this match. They are just so funny and energetic. And just like the antics that they get on in this match is just hilarious. And then you've got like like there's Bobby Tyler and Zoe Lucas for going for going with like their antics and stuff like that. It's actually very very funny, but just a quick rundown. So uh, Natsu and and Martina come out looking drunk. Martina tries to give Zoe her beer to say drink 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 drink, but then Zoe like knocks it out of her hand. So this obviously presses off Martina. And then she starts hitting Zoe with a series of strikes and throws. Martina hits Zoe with a twisting neck breaker, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. Uh, Natsu and Martina then do hip thrusts to Zoe you from opposite sides of the ring. You know, you know which hip thrust I'm talking about, right,
0: Braden? Yeah. Yeah, I'm well aware of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so then when Martina was done, she came to join Natsu, and then they both
0: give Zoe a double hip thrust. <laughs> a double Wait, hip. You remember that time, Mike, you tried to do it? And oh yes, with-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She tried to do it to Natsu, and then she was so embarrassed, she just burst
0: out laughing. She's like, no, no, no I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's so it was so weird to see poor little innocent Mayu just <laughs> start doing weird, unwholesome Natsu things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. So so yeah, they try. So uh, Martina and Natsu do like a double hip thrust attack onto Zoe. Natsu then puts Zoe into a submission hold but Bobby comes in to breaks it up um, Zoe comes back and hits Natsu with a series of kicks Bobby hits Natsu with a series of strikes on the turnbuckle then Martina comes in and headbutts Bobby in the midsection like you know like the whole Dudley thing
0: oh uh, yeah
1: the yeah yeah I well, not, well not exactly what's up from like the top rope but it's like she runs the ropes and then just like slams her head into uh, yeah. the midsection kokeshi. yeah Kokeshi yeah. she does the Kokeshi into the midsection of, of, of Bobby Martina hits Bobby with a double knee face buster from the top rope, which is actually a pretty cool move. Headbutt from Martina to Bobby hits a finisher and Martina and Natsu win the match. Again, I really love this match. Very entertaining. I couldn't stop laughing at Martina and Natsu's antics throughout the match. Very fast-paced, hard-hitting and kudos to all four women for putting on such a great
0: tag match. Yeah, good match. Uh Natsu and Martina are just amazing. I wish we could get some more of Martina's drunk antics again. Maybe, for the love of God, let Borders open back up. I remember, ah, was it Natsu, like, a couple years before this? It was like, I can't believe we let Martina in here. Her her drunk antics, disrespecting Japanese culture, and Hana was just dying laughing, and she just couldn't stop. Yes, disrespecting our culture. Being a drunk, this is not our culture she go back to where she came from. And then two years later, she's, or a year later, she's best friends.
1: Yeah, the best friends, but I can see that the best friends in real life too, because they've got such great chemistry with each other and they just get each other's human antics like so easily. It's, it's, it's great. It's really, really great. Moving on now to the second tag league match. This is in the red, red goddess block. This is pitting. Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima, very interesting at the time, versus Momo Watanabe and Azumi. And so this
0: they, is turning on Mayu Iwatani, Saki Kashima, because she turned on Mayu later in the year to join. Oh, Tai.
1: Yeah, and also, like, Saki was... Um, Mayu's, technically Mayu's best friend in Stars at the time because they were always like tagging with each other and stuff like that. Interesting thing is that Saki and Mayu troll the audience by switching gear. So like even like in the backstage promo before the match, it was hard to tell who was who. And then when they took the masks off, it was revealed that Saki was wearing Mayu's gear and Mayu was wearing Saki's ring gear. So that was actually an interesting touch by the two of them so how this match begins is that Saki and Azumi start the match and so they started off pretty fast Mayu and Saki hits a couple of double team moves onto Azumi and then with like a, job, a double drop kick Momo begins to work over Mayu starting with a suplex and then with a one leg Boston Crab Momo and Azumi then start working over Mayu's left leg there's a hard kick to the back by Momo to Mayu and then she transitions into a camel clutch, followed by Izumi coming and giving Mayu a series of kicks while Momo's still holding the camel clutch. Mayu comes back with a drop kick and then hot tags Saki into the match. Drop kick by Izumi onto Saki, which leads to her to tag in Momo. Momo with a series of drop kicks by, uh, by the turnbuckle to Saki. There's a quick roll-up in it. There's quick roll-up and attempts by Momo and Saki but Azumi comes in to break Saki's attempt and, and they both kick Saki in the face there's a there's a brilliant near-fall attempt um, by Saki onto Momo Mayu goes onto the top rope and hits Momo with a drop kick double stomp attempt by Mayu but she misses and then runs into a kick by Azumi, and then Momo kicks her as well and then Momo hits with the German suplex and a meteora Mayu hits Momo with a her karana <laughs> On the top rope followed by a double stomp by Saki and a frog splash. And I thought at that moment That was the end of the match But no She actually kicks out of it And I got like a massive Puff of her Oh my gosh Then there's a double kick To the head Of Azumi by Saki and Mayu Mayu goes to the top rope But Momo stops her Uh, Momo tries to go for a finisher But Mayu reverses it Into a sunset flip Mayu gives Momo A stiff kick to the head Like you could hear that All over the arena Uh, Mayu goes to the top rope Hits the moonsault one two three and Saki and Mayu win the match wow this was this was great this was such a fast paced uh, How do I say a fast paced like hard hitting match there were a lot of close calls in this match and yeah kudos to all four women they all delivered and looked really good in
0: this match. Yeah, Mayu and Saki were great together. It's 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 crazy to think that um like one they were a tag team,
1: and two that they just gelled together as a team.
0: Yeah, and then of course Saki had to go and ruin it, and being the worst member of Oedo time. Uh do you remember how that happened? With well, Steve? sorry, Joe, worst member second. Sec- Natsu Sumire is the worst. What?
1: Natsu Sumire is like the like one of the founding members of Oedo Tai. she the worst. She's the worst. You're just saying it's that because you don't like her. You don't like her. That's all. absolutely no. But um, how how did Saki join Oedo Tai again?
0: Uh, I believe they were in a tag match, and uh so- oh yeah, Saki hit my. You know the Oedo Tai sign, like the board thing they had. Yeah. So Mayu tags in, Saki, Saki grabs the board and hits Mayu in the head. Ah, uh, okay. So it's, similar to, it's, yeah, It's it's the typical Joshi tag breakup.
1: So it's similar to how
0: Konami portrayed uh, But instead of EO betrayed Mayu. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, EO comes in and then just slaps Mayu. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see. Yeah, and like with Konami, with
1: Kiono just grabbing the chain, just... Slamming the chair to her head. Yeah, that was that was quite an emotional moment. Yeah. Now we move on to the semi-main event, and what a banger this one is! It is for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, also known as the White Belt, between Orisa Hoshiki and Kagetsu. That already on paper sounds like a great match. So. How the match goes about is that Oversa um, could get to throw a series of kicks and strikes just to fuel each other out of the process. There's a double kick by both women that like sends them back towards the ropes then that's followed by a double knee kick by Orissa to Kogetsu from the turnbuckle followed by a short leg drop to the back of Kogetsu Orissa then hits a jumping kick to Kogetsu from the middle rope backstab by Orissa followed by jumping knee to the ropes Orissa tries to go for another jumping knee But Kagetsu throws uh, over the top rope, followed by a diving crossbody through the middle of the rope on the outside by Kagetsu. Kagetsu then goes for another crossbody to the outside, followed by a leap from the top rope. And now they're fighting their way near the audience side. Kagetsu then grabs a bottle of water and spits in uh, Mervis' face and then... Takes it back into the ring. Uh, top rope drop kick by Kagetsu, followed by another drop kick uh, to the turnbuckle. Uh, then Kagetsu hits a double stomp from the top rope onto Arissa's right leg, and then uh, basically Kagetsu starts hitting double stomps to different parts of Arissa's body just to injure her. Kagetsu then does a twisting wristlock submission onto Arissa, but Arissa manages to get to the ropes. Uh, Kagetsu then just basically toys around with um, Arisa at the stage, knowing that most of her body's injured, and then just starts working over the injured parts of her body. Kagetsu and Arisa then start exchanging roundhouse kicks to the chest to one another. Arisa locks in a sleeper hold onto Kagetsu, but Kagetsu flips her over her head to reverse the hold. Arisa then hits an oscutter from out of nowhere.
0: That got a big pop out of me. I do that a lot. That was just one of her signature moves.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to watch many of matches yet. Um, we did s-
0: watch that Tommy match together when, uh, uh, when we first met. We right around the beginning of us really calling on Discord and things of that nature. We watched that match together.
1: Oh yes, the Orissa versus Tommy match. Yes, I remember. Yeah, where yes. Tommy's. Bleeding like a stuffed pig. Oh yes, yes, yes. That that's when Tommy got busted open that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember. But yeah, like I said, it, it still gets a pop out of me because it's like it's like oh my gosh, I I I I forgot again that that was one of the signature moves. So she hits Kagetsu with the Oscata that doesn't end the match yet. Then Overson goes to the top row. And there's a jumping roundhouse kick to the face of Kogetsu. Ourisa tries to go back to the top rope, but this time Kogetsu sees it and hits her with the German suplex instead. Ourisa goes for the jumping knee. Kogetsu reverses it into a running knee of her own. Uh Flourius strikes by Kogetsu and then hits a Michinoku driver onto Orissa. Then a uh, um Kogetsu tries to go for the 450, but Orisa uh, reverses it into a jumping knee. Then Kogetsu hit, um, locks in a Kimura lock onto Orisa, but Orisa manages to get one of her feet to the ropes to escape. Orisa hits a, an AA onto Kogetsu, but Kogetsu kicks out of it at one. Kogetsu and Orisa then start exchanging kicks to the head. Three jumping knees by Orisa, but it's still not enough to take out Kogetsu. Uh, Kogetsu pulls the referee aside and hits the green mist into Orissa's face and then hits another mid-open driver. Kagetsu then hits the 450, but Orissa kicks out of it. Arisa, uh, Kagetsu tries to go for the green mist again, but Orissa catches him with the knee. And so as soon as Orissa hits Kogetsu with the knee, you just see Kogetsu just spraying the green mist like into the air. Um, a run- Another running knee by Orissa, um, followed by the Brazilian kick. Uh, one, two, three. Orissa retains the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like there's a reason why Orissa and Kogetsu were two of the workhorses for Stardom at the time. And this match really showed it. Like, wow, what a match. Like, exciting, hard hitting. Yeah.
0: What what more could you ask from these two, really? Yeah. Uh, Arisa's White but reign was just probably one of the best ever in Stardom. Not one of the best, the best. And uh, it's unfortunately she had to retire. And it's unfortunate Kagetsu had to retire, but. Yeah, this match is great.
1: Now we move on to the main event and probably the match that a lot of people remember this, uh, this show for. It is the World of Stardom, a.k.a. the Red Belt match between Hana Kimura and B Priestley. So, how, so the match starts off with both women getting into a lockup. B knocks Hana uh, with her shoulder, followed by a sequence of fast moves by both of them. Then there's this really great spot where Hana offers B her hand and says like, onagashimasu. But then B just looks at her, flips her with the middle finger and just says, fuck you. Um, Hana still, but then even though like B told Hana, fuck you, um, Hana still like-, like adamant like, the guy she was and then he's like oh why, whatever and then instead Hannah just spits in her face and says fuck
0: you, fuck you bitch. <laughs> nah she says fuck you bitch and then she uh, kicked her head as hard as she possibly can
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah that was that was that was so hilarious that they just it's like, probably it's one of my first memories of actually watching Stardom I watched this. They put this match up for free on YouTube back in March. And uh, I had been following stardom for a long time. I knew a lot about it, but I couldn't watch it because I didn't have the money or whatnot. And, uh, and I'm not afraid to mention his name. James Darnell, C Impulse is the one that really got me into stardom. Of course, you know, God's deadlock runs the Deadlock podcast really got me into stardom and uh you know i knew a lot about hana and tokyo Cyber Squad. my favorite was jungle kiana because his favorite was jungle kiana and so uh you know and so i finally get to watch some stardom matches because i uploaded them and i already loved hana as it is just from seeing clips of her on twitter and you know really you know just who she was on twitter and you know what I heard about her, but then when I really saw her, I knew like, and I remember saying back in March, she's going to tear the world up one day. Like she is going to, she is going to rule the planet. And two months later, yeah. She, and uh, mm. excuse me.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's 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 not a easy topic to to talk no. about. To what happened, yeah. You know? But, But,
0: uh, but I just, I watched this match now and I just, I remember just the bright, spontaneous, you know, bubbly honeycomb work. She would just, she loved this business. It's in her blood. It's what her mother did. You know, her mother would take her training with her in her bicycle in a basket. She would drive or she would bike all the way to FMW. And she would get slammed by Sabu and Hayabusa and she would take the hundred bump drill and she had taught Hannah the ways of the business. She pulled Hannah out of school and she taught her how to wrestle. This business is in her blood. She loved doing this more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. You really see that when she starts wrestling, when she puts on that smile she starts kicking people in the head, It, it just puts a smile on your face because even though she's gone, like this is how we remember her. And it's, I'm not saying it doesn't make me sad that she's gone, but it makes me thankful for the memories we did have of her. And, yeah. uh, you know, th- this was uh, just a really good match. And uh, also credit to priestly. Priestley. Uh, there's one botch later in this match, which be and we'll just say it now. Uh, Hana Moore goes for a German suplex and she uh, just completely drops we Priestley on top of her head. Uh, and uh, that was kind of a botch. And th- there's an infamous story the day Hana passed away. B told the story of during that match, she, uh, when after that happened, Hana was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So sorry, B, so sorry. Like She was uh, apologizing profusely, and, you know, she remember having to reach honey, you know, it's okay, honey, you know. And they had a good laugh about it over a drink or two.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll just run over, stole what happens during the match. So following after the infamous fuck you moment. So what happens afterwards is that uh, B hits Hana with the insecurity by the turnbuckle. She tries to go for a sliding drop kick, but Hana evades it and then pulls the ring covers outside to trap B inside. And then Hana grabs a chair from the audience and just throws it into B's face. Hunter throws B into the chairs on the one side of the audience. And then she randomly grabs the. Umbrella from someone and just starts hitting B with it, which I thought was actually quite funny. Then she throws B again into the into the chairs onto the other side of the ring. But then they start fighting their way up to um, the rafters. And then Hannah slams B's head into into the wall. Um, oh yeah. In the inside yeah, yeah, yeah. of Porkin Hall, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah,
0: repeat yeah. spot uh Two months later, her match with Julia at Year in Climax, which is like one of Julia's first matches in stardom, that's a match that we'll have to review one day. That was just incredible too. She repeated that same spot where they brawl into the crowd and uh, she slams her head first into the uh, sign there.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember that match too. That, that's also one of my favorite Hanna matches.
0: Of the I do it's, it's my favorite period. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I do I do agree with that too. We might put that on the poll next week for our review of what we're gonna review for next week's retro starting review and vote on that poll. After this podcast is up, I assume probably Wednesday night that poll will be up and you can vote for what we review next week. We're gonna be reviewing stuff every week from starting's past leading up to the Budokan show. Just remember to vote on that poll. Um, yep. and you guys decide. So after after they
1: fight, uh by the off does it like in between the audience, they get back into the ring. Then Hannah puts B in a Boston crab, but then she puts one of her feet, one of her feet on like B's head. So it almost looks like she's doing a line, line tamer almost, but not quite. And then she gets, then she gets into a full Boston crab, but then B quickly gets to the ropes. A series of kicks to the face by Hannah onto B, followed by a double knee onto Hannah's arm, by B. Then B does a top rope walk and then slams Hannah's arm against the rope. Uh, then B continues to just work Hannah's arm against the rope like for most of the match. Then uh, B hits Hannah with uh, an Hanna uh, elbow to the back. B locks in the cattle mutilation and transitions it into an SDF while still like working Hannah's arm, by like. Twisting her wrist and like stretching it out like quite far. Then there's this one spot where B marks Hannah's like signature run up. You know, where she does like the running on the spot before she runs the ropes to like kick the yes,
0: opponent to the, the face. The running in place, Big Boot. yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So B starts mocking Hannah by like doing that. So then she does Hannah's um, run up and then knees Hannah in the face. Then B tries to do it again, but this time um, Hana Hana catches it. And then instead, um, Hana does her own signature move uh, move and does like the running big boot into into the face. Um, Then a suplex by Hana followed by a series of kicks to the head. Hana goes for hydrangea. But B reverses it into a backbreaker.
0: If you don't know what hydrangea is, it's an octopus strikes mixed with a half Boston crab. And yes, it is as crazy as you're thinking.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's a very deadly move. Just just how it looks itself
0: is is just I wouldn't want to be caught in a hydrangea. Actually, she had only just debuted that move. This might have been the first match she used it in.
1: Probably. Probably yeah, I would think so too. Because I can't remember before then. I don't. Did she use it
0: in the five star final against Panami? Okay, she might have, but she had either just debuted. She had just debuted it when the Stardom DLC for P- Fire Pro came out. Ah, uh, I see. So like, and they because they cause they put it in the game on like a week's notice. I think.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was, like, around the time when Bushiro Road Coaches started, right? I want to say so. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But anyway... Uh, can get I can was still there, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Hana goes for, like, hydrangea, but then B reverses out of it and, like, hits Hana with a backbreaker. Then B locks Hana in with a headlock and then transitions it back into an STF. B sets up Hana for the queen's landing, but Hana reverses it with a roll-up pin. Spike DDT from the ropes by B onto Hana. So it's kind of like the Randy Orta thing, but like she spikes it on like the edge of the ring, which is kind of nasty with how it looked. B goes for a double stomp from the top rope onto Hana, who's still hanging on the ropes after that DDT. And so both of them land outside of the ring. Uh, B sets Hana onto the turnbuckle and then hits her with cheeky Nandos, sets her up for the Tree of Woe, so uh, tries to go for the double stomp, but Hana gets out of the Tree of Woe, hits a series of punches onto B and then hits her with a superplex, which is actually pretty cool to see. Uh, Hana locks in Hydrangea again, but this time B gets to the the ropes just before it looked like B was gonna tap out. Drop kick from the top rope by Hana. She tries to go for a package pile driver finisher, but instead hits a German suplex uh, when she starts noticing that B was trying to escape from it. B hits a jumping knee, followed by the Kamigoye, but um, when it seemed like the match is over, Hana was near the rope, so she grabbed the rope to kick out. And so then what happens is that B hits her with two high knees, Hits her with the running lead to the turnbuckle, basically the V-trigger. Hits Hunter with the Queen's landing, one, two, three, (laughs) and and B retains the... The
0: World of startup Championship. Yeah, what you, you know, mean? uh, be invented Landing. <laughs> you know, she invented that move. You know, no other very famous Japanese women wrestlers ever done that move, and it's totally not anybody from the '90s. She invented that move. You know,
1: I I, I can sense the sarcasm in your voice. Would you would you mind <laughs> I, telling me what sarcasm are you talking about, sir? I you resent just, your talk. I can I can sense the sarcasm. You you know who 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 originally
0: did that move? Did you? Isn't she like a car or something? Just some, some sort of Toyota or something. Oh, Manami Toyota.
1: <laughs> Duh. Uh, I see. I see. I see. Well, not many people actually know that. To be honest, like I, I actually, sure actually crying game. I actually didn't know that
0: until you told me now. So it's actually interesting. Yes. Yeah. Toyota is the uh, one uh, that invented that move. And the name of it is the Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex.
1: I see, I
0: see. And then, obviously, B called it the Queen's Landing in reference to... And then Toyota actually called B. Priestley out on this for taking the move. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, B said nothing. Ah, I see. You're stealing my move. Respect the veterans. and Ah, okay, I see. see. yeah.
1: But, um yeah overall i can just say like what what has i can just repeat what has been said already about this match it's just simply amazing and the chemistry from b and hana is just off the charts because also the they were uh real life friends um so and usually the people that you are really good friends with, you usually tend to bring the best out of and tend to like really lay it onto them. So, yeah. This- Hannah
0: went out of her way to take care of all the foreigners and uh, any foreigner that was there, including B, Zoe Lucas, Bobby Tyler, were all taken care of by Hannah. And uh, she really made it her place to make the foreigners feel welcome. Um because she is a Hafu. She is half Japanese, half Indonesian. And as a child, she spent a lot of time being bullied for being half Indonesian. And they would tell her things like go back to Indonesia, and she had never been there. And so when she would sh- when foreign wrestlers, guidance, would show up in Japan, you know, Shana Baszler, you know, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, B. Priestley, Zoe Lucas, Bobby Tyler, Nicole Savoy. Moss Martina, just anybody, like any of those foreign wrestlers, like that. She would go out of her way to help them, buy them drinks, uh, you know, help them learn the language, help, you know, anything like that. Um, I mean, also Dakota Kai, too. People like that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of infamous stories of, uh, like the foreign wrestlers going out with Hana after shows and them all doing drunk karaoke. <laughs> uh, that that that
1: that sounds like a good night out like a typical night yeah night out to japan. Now,
0: <laughs> i know b previously at least her nickname for her was hana banana so yeah they all loved being around her she just took care of the fours and i mean kyoko kimura did too uh you know cheeseburger uh of ring of honor fame and new japan rumble fame is uh was very close with hana she uh and kyoko too uh Brody King was very close with Hana and Kyoko because when Brody was in New Japan as a young lion, Rocky Romero sent him down to the Ice Ribbon dojo at the time when Kyoko and Hana were wrestling in Ice Ribbon. So Kyoko helped, uh, you know, Brody King train. Uh, and then when Dakota Kai broke a collarbone, uh, Kyoko Kimura took. And to to see a Japanese doctor to fix our collarbone. You know, there's just so many stories from Hana and Kyoko that just need to be said. And we'll get more into that coming up in May when we do our tribute show to her. Um, But yeah, sorry for going on these tangents, but it needs to be said just how much of a wonderful person this young woman was and uh, how much she meant to me and meant to Dale and meant to everyone and everyone who'd been around her, even people who barely knew who she was. It She, she impacted people the world over and uh, she is missed and we all love her.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't think I can really add more to what Brad had said because he basically took the words out of my mouth, but yeah, we'll definitely speak a lot more about, um, HANA in the coming months and probably future episodes as well. Heck, maybe we might even cover another HANA match, depending on what you, the fans, decide for the Retro Stardom review. Now we move on to our third and final show that we'll be covering on this episode, and that is TJPW Pay-Per-View Show 2 Starting Point. So just a quick uh, backstory as to... What led to this is that, basically, starting point uh, celebrates the eight-year anniversary of TJPW, and so because the eighth anniversary happened, or uh, the show actually happened on the same day. As uh, their first ever show in 2013. So they decided to commemorate it by having it at the same venue, which was the Akihabara Twin Box. This is like the small club in Akihabara in Tokyo. And so at the time, so before they actually made the show available, well, before they made, they streamed the show uh, on Open Rec, they made the first show the very first TJPW show available for free on open ring, just so that uh, fans and the audience can get an idea of what the setup was going to be. And also just to see how the starting point of TJPW. And so how they did it was that for the first half of the show, they had like a few idol groups, like small idol groups, like before whatever. And then afterwards they had, uh the actual wrestling. And at that time, there was only three wrestlers that were signed to TJPW. One of them is Miu Yamashita. And funnily enough, Miu is the only original starting uh, wrestler of TJPW that's still with the promotion today. So this also basically counted as 8th anniversary uh, celebration show if you will. Only difference with this show, of course, is that they had no live audience due to the pandemic that we're currently in. So this was basically an empty arena show, if you will. Also, the other interesting thing as well to keep, to keep with, um, to keep with like the original format of their first show was that instead of a traditional wrestling ring, everyone wrestled on mats. There was no ring and also with the size of the club, there was no way they were going to fit the actual wrestling ring there. So they basically just put mats on the floor and that was basically the ring that they had to use. So if you wanted to run the ropes, you basically had to pretend the ropes were there or just use the rail or whatever. But the wrestlers found uh, interesting and creative ways to make, to make with the surroundings, which I'll get into later. But how, so, the format of the show is that we started off with uh, three idol performances from Maki Ito, Rika Tatsumi, who is currently the Princess of Princess champion, and also the Up Up Girls, which consist of Miyu Watanabe, Hikari Noah, and Raku. Um, so, to start off the show, we had Maki Ito doing a solo performance of a theme song, Brooklyn in the Hall. And afterwards, we had Rika Tatsumi performing her theme song. And then, uh, oh, the, also the other funny part was that while Rika was performing her song, we saw Hyper Misao and Shin Ultra Shoko like doing like the whole idol um, thing, like Oi, 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 Oi. <laughs> Which is, is actually a nice touch just to get the feel of like people actually being in the car during the the performances, so that was pretty cool. And then, last but not least, the Up Up Girls performed three songs. Um, I, I actually thought Raku's dress was actually pretty cute. I, 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 while um, Miu and Hikari were performing in the uh, wrestling gear, um, so the Up Up Girls performed three of their songs, one of which was their uh, their theme song. Then afterwards, there was moments. Those breaks or moments where number or the the uh, announcers would be reading comments or messages from the fans that were typing in throughout the show. So so obviously the people who donated money, their shout-outs would be read would be read out live. So so between each show, between each match, I should say rather, they would read out comments or messages from fans as well as just a short interview from the wrestlers just to build up the match. So the first match of the show was Miu Yamashita versus Arisu Endo. So uh, Arisu recently just debuted for, for TJPW. So this is kind of like her first big match against like the ace of TJPW Miyu and actually a very fun fact When I was watching The the very first TJPW show That they showed on Open Rec um, Fun fact is that Miyu Yamashita's first ever theme song Was Party Rock Anthem By Alam FAO Like Party Rock is in the house tonight And so like Her outfit was completely different She was basically wearing like An idol style dress and then, like when the beat drops, you just break down into dance like do 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 do. <laughs> it's actually it's actually pretty cool. Like I actually didn't know that B.U. is a really good dancer. So if you have the opportunity to watch the first ever TJPW show, I think they should have it available on Wrestle Universe. But if you're able to watch it, please do. It's it's actually a really great show. Rough around the edges, but it it was to be expected given it was its first ever show. But anyway. So how the match starts off with is that uh, both women get into a lockup. Miw rolls up Arisa and then kicks in the net, in the back. Mew goes for a backbreaker onto Orisu. Arisu tries to fight back against Mew and manages to knock Mew down. Arisu goes for a suplex. Then goes for a camel clutch, but Miu manages to escape from it. Miu with a sleeper hold, transitioning into a cobra clutch, but Arisu taps and Miu wins the match. Uh, I thought this was a great opening match. Like I said, there's a reason why Miu is the ace of TJPW. I thought Arisu looked good as well. She put up a great effort against Miu and yeah, I think... Erisu has got a lot of potential to be a great wrestler in TJPW, so really looking forward to what more she can do in the coming months and years that she will be with the promotion. The next match is Hyper Misao accompanied by Shin Ultra Shoko versus Senna Shiori. How this match goes is that Misau tries to convince Senna to join her group as a fellow hero. But like offering like a, a mask, like a mask that they made specifically for for Senna, hoping that she would join the group. But Senna rejects the offer. She like knocks the mask over. Then takes Misao's scarf and tries to choke her out with it. Misao then comes back with some strikes of her own. puts the mask onto Senna and tries to get her to tap out by knocking a submission hold on her while the mask is on. Misao then puts on her hero cape. Uh, while she's walking away from Senna, Senna grabs the cape, pulls Misao in for a chokehold of her own. Dropkick by Senna, followed by a crossbody by Misao. Senna knocks the referee over, which allows um, Shoko and Misao to take out their special egg, the mysterious egg, if you will. Um, they try to use the egg on. Um, Senna, but then Senna grabs the egg from them and then knocks them both over the head with it. Um, then Misao comes out of nowhere, hits a finisher on Senna, and Misao wins the match. I love Hyper Misao. Hyper Misao is so funny and entertaining, and she just tells a great story with like, her antics. She's like, there is a reason why i lo- i love her anti hero stick it's it's great it is really great and also now with uh, shin ultra shoko uh, formerly known as uh, Shoko Nakajima, it adds a new dynamic with like the dastardly sidekick. That's like, hey, 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 what are we gonna do now? <laughs> like, like that sort of thing. So, it was a very funny, entertaining match. And yeah, unfortunately, Cena is still yet to win a match at TJBW, but. She will get there eventually. I know she will. Next match on the card, we have Maki Ito versus Moka Miyamoto. So we start off with a lockup, as always, to start the match. Maki then locks Moka in with a chokehold, followed by a drop-down sequence between both of them. Maki tries to bait Moka in for a test of strength. But she fades it And kicks it in the stomach instead Then Maki locks in another choke hold on Maka, And then transitions it into a backbreaker Another sleeper While Maki is flipping off the camera So while she's in the sleeper hold with Maka, She's like pulling the middle finger In front of the camera Which is a nice, a nice bit there by Maki And just uh, showing showing her prowess there as always. Then Maki runs up towards Mokka, but Mokka reverses it into a suplex. Mokka comes back with some strikes of her own, followed by another suplex. Then Mokka then does a few karate strikes onto Maki to stun her. Then she puts Maki to a submission hold, but Maki manages to escape it. Drop kick by Mokka. Maki then hits a DDT. Mokka tries to end the match only by doing... Multiple roll-up pins onto Maki, but Maki rolls, but Maki manages to roll her up into a Boston Crab, which then Maka taps out to, and Maki is your winner. I love Maki Ito. Maki Ito, for me, is like my favorite TJPW wrestler, like without a doubt. I love Maki Ito. She's great as a wrestler, as a character. Everything, everything is great about her. And also a great effort by Maka. Maka is also a a rookie in TJPW. She only um she only debuted for the promotion like mid last year, I think. So she's still fairly new, but she She's so great. If I remember, I watched her perform as well at the TJPW show in Osaka, like in November last year, and she was like in a tag match against like uh, Kamiyu and Marika. And even back then, I thought that Mocker showed a lot of potential to be like a great wrestler. So yeah, keep up the good work, Mocker, and yeah, looking forward to to more from her. But yeah, definitely uh has nothing to be ashamed about here she will definitely love to fight another day and i think that she'll do great things with the promotion and the in the coming in the coming years then we have our first tag match of the day which is pom harajuku and mahiro kiryu versus yuka sakazaki and mizuki also known as the magical sugar rabbits Um, as far as i know this is the first time in a while that the Magical Sugar Rabbits have uh, teamed up with one another. Correct me if I'm wrong, but th- as far as I know, that this is the first time in a while that they've teamed up. But anyway, so Mizuki and Yuka tried to offer their offer to shake hands as a sign of respect before the start of the match. But obviously this is a trap. And then they try to do quick roll-up pins to end the match early. The action breaks out. And then um, they both slam my hero and Pom's faces into the walls. Into the walls of the of the club, Pom and my hero. Pom and Mahiro then start coming back with strikes of their own. Mizuki then hits a double cross body onto both women. You and Mizuki with quick successive tags to one another, with each of them like standing on top of the guardrail near the stage and then just like um, jumping onto Pom's left arm and working that for like a few minutes. Uh, my hero tries to save home but you can it in and they do a double roundabout on the on the mat and then you can Mizuki um, they do assisted assistant double team maneuvers, but um, the one that looked like Mizuki accidentally tried to roll up Yuka for like a for like a pin. So like Yuka's just laying there, just like casually on top of one another, so on top of everyone. Like what the heck just happened? Which I thought was actually quite quite funny. Ah, then Palm tags in my hero. And she comes back with the suit mix and some drop kicks of her own. Yuka then hits a drop kick uh, from the guardrail onto my hero. Double drop kick into a submission hold by Yuka onto my hero. Then Yuka go- tries to go for the three amigos onto my hero. But my hero blocks the third attempt uh, by Yuka. Then there's a double body press by Yuka and Mizuki. Mizuki with a coup de grace on the guardrail onto my hero. And then Yuka comes with the. Then Yuka hits a brainbuster onto Pom. And- mizuki and yuko win the match for me this was match of the night so far the magical sugar rabbits are great are a great tag team they're probably one of the best tag teams in tjpw they work well together mahiro and pom were also great overall i thought this match was wild and exciting and all four women um use their environment very very well this especially yuka and mizuki who are like who are actually um, natural high flyers the way that they were able to adapt to their surroundings and still make their high fly fly and, and still make you make use of their high flying abilities I thought it was great so so good on so good on all of them for for this match really great match then we have a sort of grudge match here between Yuki Kamifuku, also known as Kamiyu, versus Mariko Kobashi. And so um, the story going into this match is that Kamiyu wants to wipe Marika's makeup off because she thinks that Marika wears too much makeup. So um, so when Kamiyu makes her entrance to the... To the Matt, I should say. Um, she's clearly holding a box of makeup remover. And so she takes one of like the swabs of the makeup remover, hides it behind the back, but it's pretty clear that she hasn't because she kind of just showed everyone in the camera. Oh, look, I've got a makeup box. So it, it it was pretty clear that Marika knew what is going on. So she tried to like hide it behind the back, saying, Oh no, 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 I've got nothing. Let's just have a good clean match. So Kamiyu tries to come and um, wipe Marika's makeup off, but Marika reverses it and then just drives Kamiyu's head into the mat. Then she sends it to the guardrail and then delivers a few chops to Kamiyu's chest. Marika locks in the submission hold and then transitions it into a pin but Kamiyu kicks out. Kamiu then hits Marika with a big, tries to hit Marika with a big boot but Marika reverses it into a drop kick of her own. Marika then hits another drop kick but this time Kamiyu reverses it. Kamiyu reaches for the makeup remover but then hands one to Marika's and then they have like a fair fight of Trying to remove each other's makeup, which was actually quite hilarious. And during that whole sequence of them removing their makeup, you accidentally removes one of uh, Marika's eyelashes, and so clearly Marika is visibly pissed off that Kamiyu did this to her, feeling sorry for assault, uh, feeling sorry for what she did. Um, she does like this whole monologue saying, "Oh God, son, come <laughs> inside," just like apologizing to her mother about probably about her makeup or like what she's doing. So then, what Kamiyu does is that she takes the makeup remover and then starts wiping part of her makeup off. But then later we realize that it was all just a ploy just just so that um, she could get Marika to give her pity. So then um, so then what happens is that as soon as is starting to fall into Kamiyu's trap, Kamiyu hits her with a big boot. She locks a submission hold into, into Marika and then starts wiping all of Marika's makeup off. And because Marika is so embarrassed and humiliated by what happens, she submits and Kamiyu wins the match. What can I say? Very interesting, very interesting and entertaining match. The storyline was really good. Basically, uh, you got two Paripi or party, or Paripi means uh, party people in Japanese. Two Paripi women tried to remove each other's makeup, which was kind of an interesting uh, dynamic, I should say. But um, I thought the match was entertaining. I don't think this is the last we're gonna see between Kamiyu and and Marika in T J in TJPW, and I think it will all lead to some sort of big grudge match where maybe like the loser cannot wear makeup anymore, TJPW or something like that. That would actually be a really good high stakes match for them to end their rivalry. Where It's like loser, it's, it's, it's kind of like in the Lucha Libre tradition where the loser has to remove their mask. So now for this, they could be like the loser cannot wear makeup anymore TJPW. That would be a very interesting an entertaining match to watch. So yeah, looking forward to see what happens with that. Then we move on to the semi-main event, which is a six-woman tag match consisting of Haruna, Neko, Nodoka Tenma and Yuki Aino versus Miyu Watanabe, Raku, and Hikari Noa, also known as the Up Up Girls. So the match starts off with the Up Up Girls doing the Oyasumi Express onto Nodoka. Neko then comes in with a series of roll ups onto Raku. Yuki and Nodoka swing and toss Neko onto Raku, which is actually a pretty cool move that they did, I should say. Nodoka comes with a suplex onto Raku and then transitions it into a reverse triangle choke. Raku comes back and drives Nodoka's face into the mat. Raku with the hot tag to Miu, who tries to power up Nodoka, but because Nodoka's uh, too strong, uh, um, too strong, she she resists. She she, she holds. Um, she prevents. Sorry, she prevents Miu from from doing that. Nodoka then um, puts in a headlock and then and then and then drives Miu's head into the mat. Which was actually quite brutal, I should say. Then Nodoka tags in Yuki, who locks in a headlock onto Miyu. Miyu with a giant swing onto Yuki. Amazing strength there by, by Miyu Watanabe. like that was a that was pretty cool. I actually didn't know that Miyu Watanabe was actually so strong. So so props to her for that move. Uh Neko and Hikari then start fighting. Um followed by a suplex by Neko. Hikari with the cobra twist onto Neko but Nodoka breaks up the pin. Then a double-team move by Nodoka and Yuki onto Neo. Then a surprise roll-up by Hikari onto Neko and the up-up goals win the match. Um, my final thoughts for the match were that the up-up goals really impressed me. They, they really worked very well as a team. I didn't expect the, the roll-up victory by Hikari, but I thought it was the right call for the up-up girls to win Nodoka Tenma Yuki Aino the the tag team champions there's a reason why they're the tag team champions of TJPW they are fantastic like they are they are strong they are powerhouses indeed and Meko as well Neko as well is is so great like <laughs> even though like her character is basically a cat girl she, she can wrestle she's great I love Neko as well and I mean, some people that I know on Twitter are big fans of, of Haruna Neko as well. So she definitely has a massive following. But yeah, this is a really good six-woman tag match. I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Then we come to the main event of the day, which is a tag match um, pitting Tatsumi and Suzume versus Miyu Yamashita and Mirai Mayumi. So Miu is doing double duty uh, today, uh, opening and ending the show, which I think is actually quite fitting to be honest. So Mika and Suzume immediately go after Miu and Mirai as soon as they enter the mat. Rika nearly throws Miu into the announce table, but Miu just stops short before she... Went into it, but then instead, Vika comes uh, comes from behind and then drives uh, Miu's head into the table. Then Vika then Vika grabs the the hammer for the bell and then starts hitting Miu with the hammer. I'm surprised that the referee didn't um, disqualify her. But anyway, Vika then drags Miu onto the stage and then starts working her there while suzume and mirai continue to wrestle on the mats suzume uh, blocks in an armor onto mirai rika then jumps from the guardrail onto mirai but mirai counters it with a kick to rika mirai then hits a really hard uh, suplex onto onto suzume like i could hear the impact and i can imagine that must have hurt suzume <laughs> And uh, then she takes in Mew. Mew then comes in with a series of multiple attempts onto Suzume, but Suzume continues to kick out regardless. Miyu and Mirai then continue to work over Suzume for a few minutes. Then Suzume eventually comes back with a drop kick and a hot tag to Rika, who gives Mayu and Mirai a series of hip attacks. Rika hooks Mirai's leg over the guardrail and then drop kicks it, which looked pretty nasty, if I do say so myself. Miyu then does a screw kick onto Rika on the floor. Rika then hits a dragon screw onto Mew That was actually pretty interesting. Then the fast series of double T moves from Rika's Suzume onto mew mew kicks Suzume's head and then hits him with the AA to win the match. Holy shit, what a match. I first thought that the Magical Sugar Rabbits versus uh, the Magical Sugar Rabbits versus Man by Hero was my match of the night, but this main event was fantastic. As far as I know, this tag match was to set up for uh, Rika and Miu eventually fighting each other for the Princess and Princess Championship, but holy shit, what a match this was, especially in the final moments, which was just so fast-paced, near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall, and... Yeah, glad that Mew also got to uh take uh, to to put in the pen onto Suzume and Mew wins both the opening and the ending matches. So great main event to end the show. And my overall thoughts on TJPW pay-per-view show two was that it was a great show I like the format and the design I thought it was different it fitted well with like DDT's concept of like being different and unique but also entertaining and like hard-hitting and this was definitely worth the $30 that I paid for the pay-per-view and despite it not being in a traditional wrestling ring the the i give kudos to the wrestlers for making the most out of their surroundings and for still putting on a great show so while well that tjpw
0: great show okay and that'll do it for this week's episode i hope you all enjoyed Dale, thank you for doing that tjpw review by yourself i'm um, sorry i couldn't watch uh Hope you all enjoyed this week's review. Uh, I thought this weekend wrestling was very great. Uh, thank you, Dale, as always, for being the best co-host in the world and uh, please listen next week as we review Stardom, a retro Stardom show and something else, we'll figure that out <laughs> uh, as always you can follow us on Twitter at twnp 878 we have a five star review on Apple Podcasts that'll help spread the word about this show uh, make sure to vote on the poll for which Stardom show we review next week and uh, we'll catch you next time see you later, too sweet